friends, and welcome to a new mini-sode of Your Rainbow Reads. It's been a moment since we recorded a mini-sode, Suze. It has because we got ahead of ourselves, and so we were putting out the mini-sodes like a month ahead of the time that they were gonna, the books were gonna come out, and that is, that, I don't know how that happened, but it did, so we took a little pause, and now we're back yeah. with a whole fuck ton of new books that are coming out I'm and excited for november i feel like there's going to be some good books coming out in november yeah and we hit so we had already released a minisode i think gosh back in the beginning of october with the first half new releases of november i am gonna go from the beginning of november again and because i went back through and i scooped up some other ones that I had initially missed. So this is basically not going to be new releases for the second half of November. This is going to be new releases for all of November that I have just now found. Okay. That you previously have not covered. So go back and listen to that other mini-sode if you want to hear about the rest of November, if you missed that one. Yeah, because there's a lot of good books coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, Most notably bookshops and bone dust by my beloved travis baldry so definitely go back and listen to that but this episode i think is going to be released on november 7th but we are actually recording it on november 1st and there are two books that come out today november 1st so by the time you hear this they'll be out and available for purchase right we have and I'm going to just, in the interest of honesty, I'm going to say I I actually um, downloaded this one to my Kindle just this day. It's called Trick Shot by Kayla Gross. And it is a spicy MMF, which means male, male, female with sword crossing. Uh, Christmas novella. Leo, Riley, and Jace embark on a passionate and unconventional romance that challenges societal norms. As they navigate their desires and explore the boundaries of the connect their connection, they discover that love knows no bounds, especially during the enchanting holiday season. So this novella features two plus-size main characters, which I love to see that. Oh, nice. And a, an adult theme such as threesomes, discussions of sexuality, and DS relationships, which I don't know that we've ever had one with that in it. But my dear friends, as December approaches, I will read this and report back to you. We can't wait to hear your opinion on this. We're going to have to have a little spicy episode for the holiday. I think we should have a spicy Christmas episode. Because we did, I think I reviewed a couple of spicy Christmas books last year. But I think we should have a spicy Christmas episode. Or at least a, a little mini-sode. We can oh. tax some spice on there. We'll do a little bonus holiday spice for all you spice lovers out there. Yeah, and so I have a spicy one for you, I think. Oh, cool. The next one is called The Santa Pageant by Lillian Barry. And this is for fans of Ashley Herring Blake, which we love. She, Delilah Green, Astrid Parker, those books. I am a a second chance holiday romance between a sunshiny lesbian and a chilly non-binary bisexual. Oh, that sounds wonderful. And you know, I love me the grumpy sunshine trope so much. You do. You do. I do. So that's for November 1st. 
November 7th, we have, this was actually a um, book of the month add-on choice, which is kind of awesome. This is called The Future by Naomi Alderman. From the award-winning best-selling author of The Power comes a white-knuckle tour de force and dazzling exploration of the world we have made and where we are going. The future, as the richest people on the planet have discovered, is where the money is. The future is a few billionaires leading the world to destruction while safeguarding their own survival with lavish secret bunkers. The future is a private weather technological prophecy and highly deniable weapons. The future is a handful of friends, the daughter of a cult leader, a non-binary hacker, an ousted Silicon Valley visionary, the concerned wife of a dangerous CEO, and an internet-famous survivor hatching a daring plan. It could be the greatest heist ever or the cataclysmic end of civilization. Wow. This is a, with the tons of rep I hear, um, dystopian like kind of heist novel that sounds awesome it sounds incredible and i don't think that we have done a dystopian episode i don't think we have either i i remember i reviewed one for a mini-sode um but i don't think we've done a full episode so that could be something cool to do in the new year yeah i think that that would be fun because i actually dystopian novel are one of my favorites i love it i agree I think we did like a zombie or something like maybe apocalyptic kind of flavor but not like straight what i would consider like dystopian novels but this one sounds awesome and that's november 7th also on november 7th we have finding my elf by david valdez single all the way meet simon versus the homo sapiens agenda in this festive rom-com about cam who's trying to find the one and also trying to find himself while spending winter break working at a hectic Santa's village. Yes. I cannot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cross my name out. <laughs> yes, for me. Santa's village. Please. Yes, please. Thank you so much. I'll no I'll, more, I'll read that one. No more Christmas get- farms for me. I'm not doing it. I can't do it again. It's so it's so funny because last year I was super jazzed about reading Christmas rom-coms. And then I think I was the one that started to drop the ball a little bit. By the end of it, I was like, fuck this noise. I can't read any more of this. <laughs> and yet it's been a year and now I've forgotten. And now I'm all jazzed about it again. You're like, yes, Santa's workshop. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, that sounds amazing. Um, So November 10th, we just have one book. Call, I think this may be up your alley. Her Princess at Midnight by Erica Ridley is a historical romance, but it's a Cinderella retelling where Cinderella falls for the prince's sister. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> so that one sounds pretty good. Um, <laughs> except it was historical fiction and we did just have this talk about it. You had to, you heard my heart drop when you said historical. But it sounds yeah. like, you know, like if it's a Cinderella, maybe it's some sort of like fairy tale type history. I, I don't think know that's that. what I think that's what it is. I don't know. That one's that one's a maybe, but it's that's got to be something for someone out there. Oh, that's for a lot of people out there for sure. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So next we have something that you love so much. It's called Till Death Do Us Bard by Rose Black. 
Marriage isn't always sunshine and unicorns. Sometimes it's monsters and necromancy. Oh, yeah. You love the necromancy. I really do. You love a good necromancer. I extremely love a good necromancer. Now, we don't normally have a question of the day on these minisodes, but one just popped in my head. And because I'm random, would you date a necromancer? Yes. Okay. I figured you would because you... You love a good necromancy tale. I just really like interesting people. And when I tell you, I think that skill would make someone such an interesting person. Yeah. I yeah. mean, really. There's some it's danger true. there, for sure. Raising the dead? Yeah. 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 There there would there would be some. <laughs> yep. But I just think, you know, no one's going to come home and be like, how was your day? And just be like, fine. You know, there's going to be more to say than that if you're dating a necromancer. I would like the kind of necromancer that talks to the dead people to solve, like, murders and stuff. Oh, yeah. That's always been my absolute jam is, like, when you have to see a ghost or something and you're trying to help them solve a problem. I love it. I'm just going to go ahead and open it up. Any necromancer out there that wants to chat. (laughs) At your Rainbow Reads on Instagram and just in the subject, like the first line, just put attention, Holly, I'm a necromancer. Yeah, I mean, we would like to, I would also like to talk to you. I mean, just as a friend, of course, but I think that would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. We'll have have you on the pod. Yeah, I'll take you out. Yeah, that'll be delightful. So that was November 21st. And now we're wrapping it up with November 28th. We have Godly Heathens by H.E. Edgemond. It's the first in a YA contemporary fantasy duology called the Ouroboros, which, in which a non-binary seminal teen, Jim, finds out that they're a reincarnated god from another world. And listen to this uh, review from Publishers Weekly. Electrifying, Edgman thoughtfully explores issues of agency, identity, and mental illness via an inventive mythology, a high-stakes, action-packed plot, and a vibrantly drawn, intersectionally diverse cast embroiled in realistically thorny relationships. I thought that was a lot of words, but a very good-sounding review from the old Publishers Weekly. I'm definitely interested in reading that book. That sounds very good. Yeah, this is, I, I, I think I do like some contemporary fantasy. So that sounds really good to me. And that's coming out at the end of November. Now, I'm not sure about this next one, but this is going to be, this is going to be somebody's absolute jam. Alice Sadie Celine by Sarah Blakely Cartwright. A hypnotic, sexy, and incisive debut adult novel following one woman's affair with her daughter's best friend. Yo. That tests. The Limits of Love and Ambition. Set over the course of decades from Alice and Sadie's early friendship days and Celine's decision to leave her husband to the radical movements of the 1990s Berkeley and navigating contemporary Hollywood, Alice and Celine's fair will test the limits of their love for Sadie and their own beliefs of power, agency, and feminism. Witty and relatable, sexy and surprising, Sarah Blakely Cartwright's debut adult novel is a mesmerizing portrait of the inner lives of three very different women. Now, I will say this. I am a sucker for any book 
that tells a story over a very long period of time. You do love years, that. decades. I fucking love it. I love a story that spans, you know, a good generation or whatever and really gets down to the nitty gritty. However, as the mother of a daughter, <laughs> something about this causes my spirit to be not at rest. Now, just to play a little bit of a devil's advocate here, because we had on the podcast a book that was extremely popular by Meryl Wisner called, what was the one? Uh, Mistakes Were Made. And I Mistakes did love that were made. And that was about a woman, an older woman who had an affair with her daughter's friend, right? Yeah, I it guess my word is is the word affair meaning that she's married at the time mm -hmm. and then having an affair or if you're having like a love affair gotcha and also how old because in in mistakes were made they were in college it was a little bit different than that but this i i, I think i'm gonna have to read this book just we're to gonna see. hope that this book is speaking about all adults yes that's what we're gonna hope correct because that's yeah that was what i i didn't I didn't know, but but I'm going to check it out anyway. Yeah. Hey. All right. I got another one for you. It's <laughs> To Kill a Shadow by Kathleen Quinn. This is, I don't know what this is first, Britannia. I don't know what that is, but it meets the mist with a touch of evil dead. Nice. In this illusory YA fantasy horror about a kingdom left to darkness. Fantasy horror, that's got your name on it. I love fantasy and horror. And you, you put do. them together. You do love those. Right and time. I actually read a couple of reviews of that. I'm not telling more because it was a very, very lengthy description. And I couldn't figure out how to dial it down some. But fantasy horror, evil dead, the mist. I think that gives a pretty good, I mean. What else is there to say? Yeah. And last, but certainly not least, we have another rom-com, which I know you love, For Never and Always by Helena Greer. One surprise inheritance, two best friends, now bitter exes, and three months to prove he loves her forever and always, and I think he's queer, in this swoony second chance romance for fans of Alexandria Bellafleur and Ashley Heron Blake. They always pull out ashley herring blake because know, suddenly so everybody's delilah green I don't, <laughs> she's so good at writing those so that is all that i have for the month of november i think there's some good ones in there yeah there are a couple of standouts that i i can definitely see us um having on the podcast in the future yeah, we need to start actually probably writing down the ones that we that pique our interest when we hear these because i forget all the ones that we go over and then we're like sitting around wondering what we should review next not me i go right over to net galley i put in the title and i hit request <laughs> see you're so much better than me i just am i do what am i doing <laughs> what is I, next <laughs> what is what That's is that i mean we do know we do know what's next because we are barreling towards the holidays friends and you know what that means we have some christmas books but we're also going to do something a little bit different this year in december and go the opposite way of cutesy rom-coms and i feel like we talked about doing serial killers thank god yeah you know yeah. what 
that's great because the holidays aren't so magical for everybody filled with tinsel and fun. Some people, it's a really hard time. So you know what? We're going to give the people what they want and need. And that you're is speaking the truth. And our goal here is to have something for everyone. And not, yeah. not everyone wants to hear about these young ladies playing games in Christmas tree farms. Yeah. Or or men that or are men. going back to their hometown and or their grandma's house, even though I love that book, I will say. Or young non-binary individuals. Not yes. everyone wants to hear about all this. No, sometimes you want a good um, murder revenge plot. And that's what we're going to give you, dear ones. We're going to yeah. do that. And also, brace yourselves because, of course, the best episode of the year is going to come. And that's our top 10 countdown. Our top 10 countdown. Speaking of a top 10 countdown, I've been sitting on a book this month that we couldn't quite find a spot for in October. Yes. And the reason we couldn't quite find a spot, we did Haunted Houses. And it's sort of nee, 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 a little bit. We did witches. Didn't really fit there. And then we did gothic. Not so much. This book is by someone whose name, if you listen to the podcast, should be familiar to you. Because last year, um, her book, The Veracity of Lies, was one of my top ten. And I can imagine that this year, this book called A Tiger in Suburbia is also going to be one of my top ten. Yeah, and, and just as a side note, I haven't read either of these. Anna is the sweetest thing, and she always says, I will write a book for you eventually, Susie, because she knows <laughs> that I'm not into the angsty kind of heartbreaking, gut-wrenching stuff from the previous, I think, the previous books that she's written. So here's what I want to say about this book, because, and I want to say a lot about this book, but specifically as it's related to you, I do yeah. feel like now that we've had this whole horror adventure that we've gone through in October together and with our listeners, yeah. perhaps this book may be more suited for you than I initially thought. Now, Anna has a gift, and the gift that Anna has is for storytelling, but storytelling in a really particular way. She really fleshes out these characters, gets you so involved in the characters, and describes their suffering to the point that you really do feel like you, you're you sitting in this 1950s house. You can smell the smoke wow. of cigarettes this lady is smoking, you know? Yeah. You can kind of feel her love, but yet disdain for these children. Mm -hmm. You can feel her dread when this man that she's married to gets home, you know? Oh, man. You this actually s sounds up my alley because it was 1950s, right? Yes. And she girl, really, I do. I fucking love that time period. She sinks you into the plot. Yeah. And you want to believe it's going to be okay. You want to believe that there's some chance of happiness for these lovely ladies that you're really just pulling for. Yeah. This is when in your past experience, you think it's probably though not really going to be okay. Well, that's where we, that's where we diverge, Halls, because I am all about, I do not mind angsty, like, gut-wrenching kind of suffering where if there is some sort of redemption and, you know, I, I let's just say, let's just be honest, I, I want a fucking happy ending for these people. 
Like, I do not love books where it's just, like, death, destruction, <laughs> sadness, and, like, no joy at the end. It's way more complicated than that. Both of her books are way more complicated than that. There is enough at the end. Now, this book especially, I can't talk about the ending just because the reason that this book does belong in October and does belong, like, with the creepy books is because there is something supernatural about this book. But if I say yeah. too much about it, it's going to give it away. So I don't want to yeah, say a lot about that part of it. Don't give it away. But it has sort of, you're you're going along with these characters, two lovely ladies. One of them's married to this guy and has a couple of kids. The other one's a local school teacher. They meet at the Baptist church, Susie. Lord have mercy. That and is you, triggering my, that that's triggering my, um, <laughs> my religious trauma already fuck so you start with this like will they or won't they thing because you know there's a spark right yeah do they make out at the baptist church do you think they make out at the baptist church fuck yeah fuck I yeah they make out at the baptist yeah, church i mean right off the cuff of, of course yes so you know they're sneaking around and they're doing all this stuff and it's just super exciting super romantic and you're really into it yeah and then suddenly something happens and the husband like catches wind of it or whatever and one of the characters ends up in a mental hospital uh-huh. when i tell you of any plot that's really gonna suck me in you bring in a mental hospital in the 50s or 60s girl just fyi for everyone in holly's previous life she was the administrator at a mental hospital yeah, so I think that's right. And you, I mean, you have been literally in the mental hospital field for like almost our entire friendship. Since the 90s, you know, until yeah. until two years ago. So that's like yeah. a long time that I've spent in various mental health facilities. Yeah. And a lot of the nurses that I've worked with in mental health facilities have also worked, um, you know, they're older and they've worked there for a long time. And so yeah. there's a there's a hospital. It's no longer it's it's functioning at a small capacity right now for um, forensic mental health clients, but it's called Central State Hospital and it's in Milledgeville, Georgia. And in the 1960s, Central State Hospital was the biggest mental health facility in the world. Oh, wow. I, I think I knew this. This was a huge place. This place housed yeah. 2000 patients. But they did fucked up shit, right? They all did in that time yeah. period. And yeah. man, if you want to read about some fucked up shit, you go read A Tiger in Suburbia. I kind of, this, you're actually selling this to me. I'm going to have to tell um, our dear Anna that I am, I'm actually quite intrigued. First of all, like, as everyone knows, I'm a fucking stay at home mom, homeschooling mom. I have been for many, many years. I actually like stories about you know, stay-at-home moms in that time period because I actually don't think that we get the fucking respect we're due, if we're being honest. And I like to read stories about where there's, like, some disgruntledness going on. This woman was disgruntled for more than one reason. Yeah. Well, partly, probably because she was a lesbian. The time period. She's bisexual, but yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I think that's, that's still true to this day yes i think that that tracks a lot this sounds really actually very fucking intriguing mental hospitals yes. moms in suburbia in the 50s 
so she becomes an unreliable narrator at some point. Yeah. You know, at some point you start to think, mm, I'm not so sure about this lady's perception of these events. Yeah. Starts to kind of click in. And then the ending like really reinforces the fact that it's hard to know if we're get like which story is, you know. Yeah. I don't want to say too much, but it it really goes off a creepy kind of supernatural cliff that yeah. was so enjoyable that I'm going to have to say to me and we all know how much I like the veracity of lies it was better than the veracity of lies to me just you because like of that it. quality to it yeah you did like the veracity of lies so I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say you gave this a, a big five fat stars oh huge five stars if I could give it seven stars I'll give it two bonus star you know well, you can you can give it whatever you want it's our podcast so we can do whatever the fuck we want I love this story. It was beautiful. There was always this undercurrent of danger that was so beautifully described. Um, romantic. Bringing in the the mental health aspect of it, that's not for everyone, but that really, really was enjoyable for me. Well, that's up your alley. And I certainly recognize like the horrors that people suffered in those facilities in the 50s and 60s. And even in later, I mean, to this day, there are places in this country that should be ashamed of the way that they treat people. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I certainly am not um, romanticizing that or making that seem like something better than it was. It's a terrible situation. But the story and just knowing the history of these places is fascinating to me. And therefore, it was really enjoyable. That's awesome. So this and what would you say, Pride Flags? I'm going to give it five pride flags. And any chili peppers? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with three. I'm going to go with three chili peppers. Okay. With awesome. The, and with the disclaimer that I'm a terrible chili reporter. You are. I don't think we said the, the full name of the book and her full name. It's A Tiger in Suburbia by Anna Woywood. And she's a delight. And I want to tell this this last little story about Central State Hospital, just because I hope Anna's listening to this podcast, and I think Anna will enjoy this story. So I knew several people personally that worked at Central State back in the 60s. Um, they were either nursing students or whatever. And there was a woman that worked in the kitchen. She Now, at Central State, a lot of the um, patients had jobs. And so she worked in the kitchen. She served them their food, y'all. Mm. This woman was a serial killer. Oh and my she, gosh. She was she was from Macon, Georgia, which is where I was born. Um that's your hometown. I, yep. Her name was Anjet Lyles. And she served in the kitchen at Central State Hospital, where she had been committed for life all throughout the 60s. She eventually died at Central State. Now, when I tell you she was a serial killer, can you guess how she how she killed her victims? Um does it have something to do with the kitchen? she poisoned them, them with food girl she poisoned them yeah. with food yeah i could see that one coming when you said she worked in the kitchen i don't know though i am gonna have to do more research on miss lyles because here's a little known fact about me i'm fucking fascinated with poisoners and i knew poisons. you would love this story i knew i love it. i love it i have listened to so many audiobooks about different poisons and like how they came about and like how you can kill people with different poisons do not be alarmed it is only an academic interest that i have and not <laughs> it's theoretical <laughs> friends right it's not real life i don't actually want to poison people but i probably could 
if I needed to. And yep. she, poisoned, I, I, uh, she poisoned two husbands, her mother-in-law yeah. and her daughter. Black widows are also another very interesting, um, black widow killers are actually another very interesting fascination of mine. But we all know I'm obsessed with the creepy serial killers, women yep. in particular, because there's not that many. No, it was a super rarity in especially, you know, in freaking central Georgia in the 60s. My God. I can yeah, only I mean, imagine what kind of stir that made. She owned a restaurant. And back then they didn't really even the the name serial killer wasn't even really a thing. Like that was not coined until much later by the FBI and the behavioral um analysis unit. That was that was later on. But yeah. That's so anyway, that went a little off the rails, but I enjoyed that story. I hope Anna enjoyed that story. It seemed like something she would be interested in. Anna, if you want to write a book, because the 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 facts of the crime, she killed two husbands and the mother-in-law. That could turn into some sort of like sapphic plot line. You know what I'm but saying? I, but I also feel like there may be some of us, some women out there, I'm not going to say who, but that could have some negative feelings about their mothers-in-law. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> Someone, we don't know. I mean, we've heard that that's a, a thing. I've heard that that's out there, that people people don't like that Anna we love you and we're so happy that you've written this book and I will be holding my breath that you are going to write one just for me the next time yeah we I 100% loved it thank you so much everyone go out and read Tiger in Suburbia definitely see you guys around take care bye